Hello, Ross Sharp here with another episode of Aeronautica. V1 on the launching ramp, Imperial War Museum, Duxford. Technical success, operational failure. Long before the day of the Chancefort SSM N8 Regulus, the prototypical submarine-launched cruise missile, and the present-day incredibly effective BMG 1019 Tomahawk, there was the V-1. This was a terror weapon that might not have won the Second World War, but could have delayed the inevitable, if not for some very poor operational decisions by the German High Command. The V-1, or Fiesler FI-103, was crude but effective. It had a long gestational period and had been cancelled at least once, but the basic principles were sound. Take a 1,900-pound Amatol 39 warhead, an Argus AS-109-014 pulse jet, a crude steel fuselage and wings with a tubular steel wing spar, compressed air flask to power the gyroscopically steered elevators and rudder, no ailerons, and pump the fuel to the combustion chamber. And there you have it. One Vergeltungswaffe 1, Vengeance Weapon 1. The range was around 150 miles, which meant that if the main target was to be London, and it was at Adolf Hitler's insistence, then the launching sites could only be in a curved strip of land about 100 miles long by 20 miles deep in France, Belgium and Holland. Needless to say, the intelligence services of both the Allies and Germany were deeply interested in this programme. Photographic reconnaissance by Spitfire PR-11 and Mosquito PR-9 aircraft of the Royal Air Force confirmed that Peenemunde on Germany's Baltic coast was the main testing and experimental site for the new weapon. Consequently, it was heavily bombed by 324 Avro Lancasters, 219 Handley Page Halifaxes and 54 Short Stirlings on the night of the 17th 18th August 1943. This was Operation Hydra. This set the whole program back by several months. The Germans also called the V-1 the Flakzielgerat 76, or FZG-76, Flak Aiming Apparatus, in an attempt to conceal its real nature. When the Germans set up the unit which would be responsible for launching the V-1 at England, the 155th Flak Regiment, they were less than discreet, in that the regimental sign was the letter W, over the figure 8. The CO of the unit was Oberst Max Wachtel, and since the German for 8 is Acht, this meant that the tracking the movements of the unit's vehicles by the French resistance was fairly simple. Soon, ski sites, long inclined ramps surrounded by bunkers and storage buildings, began springing up along what became known as the Rocket Coast. Since they were built on a fixed heading, it was easy to work out that the target was London, and a campaign of attacking them, Operation Crossbow, began. However, the targets were relatively small, and as one Typhoon pilot recalled in Flight of June 29, 1944, they are fitted with 10 tenths 
flak. As the V1 campaign rose in intensity, over 100,000 homes in Britain were damaged or destroyed by the 27th of June, the defensive response altered. Flights of fighters were vectored onto what Flight magazine had initially called the aerial torpedoes when they were far out to sea. Then the V1s encountered guns, mostly 40mm Bofors, firing the new proximity-fused ammunition, which were concentrated on the coastline, with a free-fire zone immediately in front of them. Behind this was a fighter belt, with the fastest Allied fighters available, P-51 Mustangs, Hawker Tempest 5s, Spitfire 14s, and the few Gloucester Meteor 1 jets of No. 616 Squadron, Royal Auxiliary Air Force, were allowed to intercept the incoming divers the code name for the buzz bombs. As a last-ditch defence, a balloon barrage was flown at a fairly low height close to the target area. At night, Air Defence of Great Britain used de Havilland Mosquito night fighters, which were also capable of catching the 350 to 400 mph V1. These Mosquitoes were fitted with heavily boosted Merlin engines, used 150-octane fuel, and had specially strengthened nose cones to withstand the extra stress. When the surviving static sites were overrun by the advancing Allied armies, the Luftwaffe took to air-launching V-1s at night from under the wings of Heinkel HE-111H22 bombers of KG-53, based in Holland. These were aimed across the North Sea in the general direction of cities in the north of England, at London, and also at the newly freed port of Antwerp in Belgium. Here we can see a preserved V-1 on a shortened launch ramp, exhibited at the Imperial War Museum, Duxford. It looks ready to be boosted down the track by a piston driven by a chemical reaction between hydrogen peroxide and potassium permanganate, which generated a great deal of high-pressure steam. The Argus Pulse Jet, or Athodid, was a simple ramjet with intermittent combustion intake cycles, around 50 per second, which gave it both its distinctive sputtering sound and around 660 pounds of thrust. To give you something to compare this with, an early Rolls-Royce Merlin would generate about 700 pounds of static thrust at the propeller, at least according to Sir Stanley Hooker, the genius Rolls-Royce engineer. When the last V1 fell on Patchworth, Hertfordshire, on the 29th of March 1945, over 22,000 people had been killed. But the great mass of men, equipment and shipping, all vital to the Second Front in Europe, had been ignored until it was too late for the Germans. <laughs>